Hi, I'm Brand, and I love Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. I'm Dan Janot. I make Hallmark movies, and I'm going to change Dan's mind about them. And this is the Deck the Hallmark Podcast. Deck the Hallmark, it's his podcast. Brandon and friends host his podcast. We hope you like this jolly podcast. Wow, 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 wow. Boy, a couple of things I feel really good about, Brandon. Uh, two Dan's for the price of one? Two Dan's. That was not even and, on the I mean, list. And if you want to get weird with it, I could be Brand Dan. You could be Brand Dan. Instead of that Brandon. would be getting weird with it. One, <laughs> we've been saying Dan Janot's last name right this whole time. That is great news for us. We've we've done it. Yeah. Maybe not you. No, I I still you probably butchered I'll it. Mess it up yeah. now. But don't but you worry. We've been saying because he said it himself, and that made me feel better. And then two, I knew that eventually someone was going to come along and convince me that Hallmark movies were the real deal. And it sounds like Dan Janot's up for the challenge. Is up for the challenge. And to be fair, I've liked right. I've liked some of recent. So you know, I I, I could be convinced. Hey. He's got but we got Pride and Prejudice cool. coming out this weekend. So Sense and Sensibility. Sense and I know that you think all Jane Austen novels are the same because you hate women, but whoa, but whoa, I whoa, just whoa. I, I, <laughs> I hate most women. That Dan's put it on be the like, record. I can't be on this show. Let's put it on the record. Um, Dan, thank you for joining us while you're still here. Thank you uh, so much. Dan. We're so excited to have you. Uh, are you currently in Canada? Thank I know you. you're Canadian. Are you currently I am. in Canada? I am. I am Canadian, and I'm currently in Canada being a good Canadian. Yeah, Congratulations. you are. Good. <laughs> so kind, those comedians. Um, we love to start uh, with the basics of uh, the actor, go back to their childhood and whatnot. I do want to get this out of the way. On your IMDb, it does, under the Did You Know section, it says your trademark is your dark green eyes. Wow. Man, I can <laughs> see them. Can yeah. you, can I just really quickly. You didn't, you didn't write that? Is that? <laughs> I, I did not write that. I, I did not write that. I wouldn't have said I had dark green eyes or a trademark. Yeah, get real, clo- um, get real close right now for the folks watching on Philo. Yeah. Man, they look that good. That's a trademark. Lighter green? I think it's lighter. Yeah. It's lighter okay, green. You said, you said you wanted to go back to the beginning. So you want to know, like, how did I end up genetically with green eyes? Is that Correct. I would love yeah. for you to give me right. your yeah. parents' eye color <laughs> yes. if you don't mind. If, we, we, could get, get, if yeah. we could get the full Punnett square, that yeah. would be fantastic. <laughs> really oh, that would be awesome. Um, no, yeah. but, uh, yeah, let's go. Like, uh, where where'd you grow up, and what were you like as a kid? Uh, were you a kid that was always putting on for the people around you, or did that kind of come later in life when you found out about movies and whatnot? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I was born and raised in Montreal. And uh, yeah, when I was a kid, I mean, maybe I was a little bit of a little bit of a ham, but not like kind of not the kind of kid you'd watch and be like, oh, that kid is dramatic. That kid's (laughs) clearly headed straight for the theater. Um, Not exactly like that, you know, but I was definitely... um, I've, I've been told it's definitely a smart ass growing up. Mm-hmm. So that had something to do with it. And did that get you really into trouble? Into, yeah. You know, my parents were pretty chill. They're pretty chill. And so smart uh, ass in Canadian is just like, what is that? What's the translation down here? Just uh, like saints. Yeah. yeah a joy, saints. a joy to teach yes. down here. Is that what he is? <laughs> you, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I was as a smart ass by our standards, okay. you know. But um, yeah, uh, but you know, I just always, um, I don't know, I always loved, I always loved stories. I read a lot as a kid, as a big reader, and um, I think that that kind of love of 
books and stories eventually turned into a love of film. Like as I got, as I became a teenager, I became kind of obsessed with movies. And yeah, that kind of helped pave my way towards working, uh, working in that field, I guess. Do you, but do you remember I, the movie that kind of unlocked like your love of cinema? Is there a, is there a moment you can think of as a teenager where you were like, I remember seeing Jurassic Park when I was like tw- eleven years old, and I was like, this movie freaking rules! Like, how did they do yeah. this? How did they make like? Do you have a movie like that? Well, you know, it's funny that you say Jurassic Park because I, I started um, when I was a teenager, I started going to the movies all the time and collecting tickets, collecting yeah. my movie stubs, yeah. ticket stubs. And the first one I have was Jurassic Park. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that might have been one where I was like, this is going to become like, I, I just, yeah, this is going to be a thing. I'm going to jump into this world, you know, and I was for, for a while, I was going to movies like multiple times a week, you know, uh, so I, I collected huge s- stacks of ticket stubs. Um, and uh, yeah, but I think, I think that the movies, what, what I got out of them changed as I got older. You know, I remember the movies that I watched as a kid over and over again, that really sparked me like labyrinth mm-hmm. and the, the, the princess bride mm-hmm. and the dark crystal, these kind of fantasy movies, you know, um, that was also a lot of what I read was like, fantasy books. Um, and then there were like these crazy dumb comedies that I remember my brother and I watching over and over again, like Ace Venture, of course, or like <laughs> this movie called UHF. Oh, Weird Al, uh, where he's got the TV yeah. station. Are you kidding me? Yes, yes. Dan, are we best friends? <laughs> uh, this is fantastic. I think we are, dude. I loved UHF, dude. The the you get to drink from the fire hose line. I say that line all the time. <laughs> exactly. He just throws the whole thing on him. It's fantastic. Yeah. Exactly. This is, they don't they don't make movies like that anymore. They don't. In this movie, you see like a kid getting like hit full force with a water from a fire hose and getting knocked backwards. It's hilarious oh, oh, and also very dangerous. Of course, we would never these days. But back then, no. we didn't know any better. Uh, they're throwing yeah, the badgers right, out the right. window. We'll have a separate podcast, you and I, with the UHF. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. It's a rewatch Fantastic. podcast every every week. You just watch that. Movie. Dan and but Dan yeah. watch UHF. <laughs> Sells itself over and over again. Over and over again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that. But yeah, like that kind of gonzo comedy really did it for me, you know. Um, and so uh, as I got older, I yeah, I kind of got it. Started getting into. I would kind of go see whatever was playing at the movie theaters, and then as I got kind of late later into my teens, I started getting into comedy, like sketch comedy shows on TV, British stuff, weird kind of yeah, loopy sketch comedy, and. Um, that kind of culminated i uh with i ended up joining becoming friends with a guy in college who told me he was starting an improv troupe uh shout out to my boy mac goldberg and he uh he was like i think you'd be good at it and so i joined this improv troupe never having done it before and and it just that really unlocked something in me like the first time i did a show in front of an audience uh you know, this live audience, and I'm just making stuff up. Me and my teammates are just inventing something on the on the fly, and we're getting laughs, we're getting reactions, we're getting applause. It was like, uh, yeah, it was like getting plugged right into a, a sort of an, an endorphin, dopamine. Uh, it's like a fire hose. Like a fire yeah, hose. yeah, yeah. You get to drink from a fire hose. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How long yeah. did you do the improv for? Um, you know, I did it for, I, I did it, it was my, it was a big part of my life for like 10, 
15 years. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, uh, for a long time. And uh, with the same group of guys, group of people that I met and in college, we started performing at college and then, you know, left and kept doing our thing and refined our thing and started touring. We did shows all over Canada and um, in it, those, those people are my best friends now still. And we went on to write sketch comedy as well. And yeah, it was a big, a big part of my life for a long time, especially in my like early and mid twenties. Did you, you, Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, I was gonna say, and I kept. I we don't really do stuff together anymore, except for when a you know a bunch of us are in Montreal together. We might do a show here and there, but I've continued to do improv here and there just because it's uh yeah it's a thing I love doing, a thing I love watching as well. Uh, before your time yeah. and mine, but you had to be like SCTV for you. I mean, you, you had to watch that with all those legends, right? Like, did you watch? Yeah, that's not, yeah. I'm I mean, not improv, but it's sketch sketch for sure you know i was like i know snl more than i know sctv to be honest um but kids in the hall okay that was my okay yeah sketch nice. comedy hit right that was very i think formative for me and for my my gang um because they their show was yeah like mid mid 90s um and yeah just kind of they were doing something that was quite different and edgy. Like kids in the hall got a lot edgier than SNL. Of course. Um, or did. Uh, they got weird. You know? Oh, super and, weird. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, that was definitely part of my, my growing up SCTV. Yeah. I guess I don't know it uh, as well. I know of course the people who yeah, are on yeah, it, yeah. Know, Eugene Levy and John Candy and, uh, and all of them. But um, yeah. So yeah, so I started doing improv, and I also around the same time, thanks to my same buddy, Matt, started doing theater at our uh, college. I watched him in a show, and I was like, I can't believe kids my age are doing this, like, great, uh, imaginative, playful work with, like, a pretty decent production value for as far as college went. And so I, uh, yeah, started doing theater, and then theater and uh, improv comedy were were kind of my, my two things for a long time before I ever really got into um, screen acting yeah so you you weren't doing any acting until you were in college yeah so what did you did you uh, i imagine you had something else in mind for the rest of your life it wasn't always acting what was what was that uh, (laughs) other thing yeah it was a it was a vague idea you know i wasn't entirely sure all i knew was that I liked writing. I thought when I was younger that I might be a writer when I got older, like an author. Um, and uh, that was a vague idea. And then I went into, you know, and I liked certain, I liked studying certain things. I was, you know, started in liberal arts, I was doing, you know, history and religion and philosophy and kind of, yeah, stuff like that I was interested by, but it was pretty vague to me. Um, what I was going to do with my uh, whole life until I started doing theater and an improv, but theater, because maybe it was more uh, structured and it had teachers involved. I got a, a kind of, I got a sense that like, yeah, I might actually be good at this and this might actually be something that I could uh, pursue, you know, not to say I knew at uh, 18 that I could make a career out of it, but for the first time it was like oh here is a thing that i love doing i seem to be decent at it and i could picture a path forward you know 
and uh, and that was huge. That was huge for yeah. me. So did you then, did an agent come along, or did you get an agent to start taking auditions for, for screen stuff? How, wh where's the transition yeah, there? Eventually. Yeah, eventually I did. Like, for a while, as I say, it was indie theater in Montreal and, and, and improv and sketch stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I eventually had a, a couple of agents um, and started auditioning for commercials and for kind of lower tier stuff. And I eventually, um, I didn't book anything for a long, long time. Um, but I, I did enough auditions at a particular casting agency that they, they asked me to come in and help out with some auditions. Cause you know, whenever you're doing an audition, you as the actor who's auditioning, you're reading your lines and then you have a reader yeah. who's doing the, the replies, you know, the other lines. And so I would sometimes get brought in to, to be the reader at auditions which was great, a great uh, experience because I could kind of see things from the other side, you know? I'd be in the room after the actors left and the casting right. people would talk about the actor. Uh, and I could be in that, in that uh, atmosphere without the stress of feeling like I'm trying to get a job, you know? I'm just like, here is part of the team to do my work and read the, read the lines. And it was thanks to that job that I got um, my first on-screen gig because I was reading for a movie, I was reading, you know, all the other lines for this movie that was casting in Montreal. And the director was there for some of the auditions. And eventually he said something. I was there when he said it. He was like, maybe we could get uh, get Dan in there somewhere. Maybe we can get, get, him a, get him a little part, you know? And I was like, oh, me? <laughs> um, and, uh, and so it led to me being like, uh, I forget the name of the role, but I was some, someone at a control um, uh, board uh, in the movie Death Race 3000. Is this uh, Hennessy Tech? Is uh, you, the role of Hennessy Tech? <laughs> there you go. In Death Race. The role of Hennessy Tech. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you in know, Death we all, Race. yeah, of course. You also voice different characters in four or five Assassin Creed, Assassin's Creed games, correct? Yeah. So, yeah. what is totally. that? Is it a thing where, especially when they're making these games, it's like they know you're going to do a good job. And so they bring you back to, to, to do like, cause it's not like you were a recurring character in Assassin's Creed. You played, you were voiced different roles in all of these Assassin's Creed games. Is it just like a, like a callback where it's like, Hey Dan, we need you to come do some fill in work or what is that? Uh, well, the first thing I did for Ubisoft, the first Assassin's Creed game that I did, it was for, I, um, I auditioned to play the main character, oh. the, the player character in the game. And so that was like, usually for the bigger roles in video games now, it's an audition process pretty similar to a film or TV role. And so that was a role that I auditioned for many times over the course of many months because video game production stretches out in a way that film and TV doesn't. And I got, eventually I got the part. So I actually played in Assassin's Creed Unity. I played the, the, the controllable the player. Lead. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, which was such a blast. So much fun to do because it was a lot of motion capture. So you're wearing these, I'm sure you've seen yeah. pictures of it, people in the like oh, black. Oh, you're actually uh, wearing the jump. suit doing all the movements too. Yeah, well, doing a certain amount of the movements. I wasn't <laughs> doing the crazy stunt stuff, you know. Uh, I was doing, but there's all these scenes. It's like a very cinematic kind of game, you know. So there's all these cut scenes and all the stuff that was 
with the character speaking, yeah, that was me. And like I do these scenes where it was, yeah, moving around this big space with, you know, there's all these cameras everywhere, but it's kind of just a giant empty warehouse kind of space. And you are mostly just imagining what you're seeing, you know, uh, as an actor with some, some things are physical. Like they're going to give you like, okay, here's a foam sword, you know, and here's like a table for you to shove the guy up against and the rest of it, you're just imagining. So it's kind of like theater and improv in that way. Um, and that was so much fun to work on that game. And yeah, I worked on it for a good long while because it takes a while to make these things. And then after that, sometimes because yeah they knew me they bring me back and i do some kind of smaller bits for them but um my main thing with with ubisoft was was yeah was like a year working on assassin's creed unity that's fantastic yeah. that's amazing yeah it was very cool yeah and uh and i have a, a friend who's a big gamer and he uh he told me once the game came out he's like man, it's so weird. Like I've just, I've heard you die so many times this week. <laughs> you know? and I'm like, you've got to protect me. My life is in your hands, you know? <laughs> but it's like, cause a big part of those video games is you have to, as an actor, you got to record yourself doing all these like pain sounds, uh -huh. you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like imagine you're getting stabbed yeah, like a, a in the abdomen punch. now stabbed in the sure, neck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, you know, a bit, bit more spittle on that one. Yeah. Than, you know, all right, cut, Dan. Yeah. This is the abdomen. We're going to really need you to kick it up a notch. All right, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you, yeah. so you said you worked on that project for for a year. Were you uh, able to do other stuff? During, like, I, I, Oh, yeah. It's okay. like, it was like a year uh, just here and there, okay. you know, because it's not like a movie that shoots for – for a month or two straight right. it was like you'd work you'd work on it for a week and then you'd have a few weeks off and then you'd work for three days and then you'd have a month off and then you'd work for two weeks straight you know whatever it was all scattered right yeah there. got it got it that's but yeah. that's not for a year to have that kind of like you know that you're getting that income as actors like every time we interview somebody oh, it's, it's always this like early on i'm getting all these auditions and i just am looking for one job to pay the bills and to have yeah. something for a year that's a big deal for a young actor yeah Oh, it was huge. That was my first kind of, yeah, long gig. Uh, and it was wonderful to have. And it really gave me some stability. And then my first my first recurring job that I had, which really kind of changed my life was was actually the Good Witch uh, for Hallmark. That was the first. Wow. Um, yeah. First time I had a regular role where I could I knew I'm going to be working for the next five months or whatever. And that, uh, that, yeah, you, that's kind of the Holy grail for, for an actor, just to, yeah. just a regular job, did they film <laughs> regular the, Did they film the good witch in Montreal or did you go to Vancouver or Toronto or somewhere? Uh, Toronto. Toronto. Okay. Toronto. I got you. Um, uh, I'm from, I'm from Montreal, but then I, I, I lived for about 10 years around Toronto. So a lot of the stuff I've done has been in Toronto. I got you. Um, and I have, you were also on rain for, for 18 episodes on the CW and the good witch roughly at yeah. the same time. Yeah, what? yeah, they actually what? shot at the same studio next door to each other. Oh, wow. What in the world was that? Was that <laughs> like to go from the Good Witch, which they don't even say she's a witch? That's what I've heard, at least. That's the rumor. <laughs> we knew going that going around. into this, actually. Uh, that's we what I just I learned stuff all the time. Yeah. But I like th that's that's weird. And then for go to that to the CW's take on Mary Stewart, like, and you played a yeah. Stewart in that you played James Stewart, so a fairly big role. Yeah, like. For sure, well, exactly. Give, From you, one show where they don't even say witch to the other show where there are literally witches being burned alive. That's right. You know, that's right. Like, yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, it was great. It was great. I think that 
uh, I think a lot of actors appreciate being able to do different sorts of things, you know, and to swing from one genre to another is actually really enjoyable and satisfying in a way, you know? So I had been, yeah, I'd been working on Good Witch for a couple of years and I knew about Rain because Rain shot right next door to us. So we'd occasionally see like the actors from Rain uh, in their costumes and stuff, you know? And I was like, oh, that looks like fun. Um, and and then when I, um, I auditioned for it, got to find out I, I got the part, I was still finishing up one season of um, Good Witch. And I started watching R Rain to get a sense of it. And I remember, uh, my wife and I watched the first episode and we were like, this show is really not for us. <laughs> I guess we should watch a little bit more just to get get uh, into that world. Watched the second episode and I was like, okay, well, I'll watch a third episode. And I watched the third episode and we were both like, we're in, we're invested. <laughs> we love this show. And uh, I watched enough of it that I, um, when I then next saw one of the Rain actors walking to their set while I was uh, walking to my set, I got like starstruck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I, I texted my wife and I was like, I just saw Bash going into the studio, you know? I'm like, how am I going to work with them now? I'm so starstruck. Anyway, can you sign <laughs> my was, shirt, was... Bash? Can you sign it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but Rain was so much fun to work on. What a what a cool show because you know any kind of period thing is really fun because it's really playing dress up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Rain was a crazy show. It was really like melodramatic in a, in a really fun way. Every episode seemed to be about like the fate of the nation hangs in the balance. And there's always someone getting betrayed and someone getting imprisoned <laughs> and someone killing someone. It was like, yeah, such a swing, such a 180 from the good witch. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I got to, you know, wear furs and have a sword and speak with an accent. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, come on. It's it's uh, interesting you mentioned being Star Trek because I was actually going to uh, ask a question in that uh, same realm. Uh, you had a, a three episode arc on Designated Survivor with Kiefer Kiefer, um, which brand I love Kiefer. Loves I I would have been I would have been starstruck seeing Kiefer Kiefer. But what ha, yeah. what have you uh, what's the thing that you've done with the biggest name that you are most like you walk on set and you're just like I can't believe that I am here right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did a couple scenes in, in a movie with Bruce Willis oh, once. Oh, boy. Um, and that was definitely, I mean, uh, that's not even subjective starstruckness. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like he's a glo global superstar, right? Wow. And so, like, you're like, that's Bruce Willis. And I remember I had a small part and you know, you, when you're on set, you kind of have to know your, know where you stand in the hierarchy of the set. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I knew that this wasn't my place to like collaborate or come up with cool <laughs> ideas or make jokes. Like, not really. You know, I'm just here to be told where to go. And, but still, maybe this is the smart ass in me. I remember one day like cracking some kind of joke. And he just looked at me in the most deadpan Bruce Willis way. And he didn't have to say a thing. Him just turning and looking at me. I'm like, I just ran away with my tail between my legs, you know? Um, and then, and then like the two weeks later, I had another day. It was like just a couple days on this movie spread apart. And, and I'm, I, I was doing this bit where we like 
me and another guy like handcuff Willis and like lead him away, you know, and we're told to like lead him to this car. And, you know, you're given a very direct line of you walk from here to here. And then after one or two takes, I was like, it seemed to me from the way we were leading him to the car that we were going to like be bringing him to the driver's side door. Like we were going to be letting the prisoner drive. <laughs> and, and I said that after a couple of takes, I was like, it's like, we're going to let you drive. And he actually like chuckled and I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. I did it. You did I it. made Bruce Willis laugh. I did it. I can retire now. Dude, it's the little uh, things. I love it. That's get a big him on deal. Your side. Yeah. Get him on your side too. And that's the, that's the key after a tough, Tough day at the office. It's always day. good to come back. To come and, back and swing again at, yeah, at all, that's Dan. big. I just said, I mean, you, you, you just, you came out swinging and just missed, and then you win again. It's an that's, improv pro right there, man. What a guy! Yeah, that's right. Pro. He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind bombing. No. He didn't mind bombing. It's just another night at the <laughs> You've office. Got to. Uh, You've got to. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, before. I- Uh, before I talk about accents and you and Paris and wine and romance, how did you get the Good Witch, and 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 how did that change your relationship with Hallmark? Because at what point did it become a, you know, when we talk to a lot of these actors, and after a while with Hallmark, it becomes an offer situation. So like it's you audition, you audition, mm-hmm. and then at some point it's like, damn, we got a movie for you. Like, is that where that happened? You got on Good Witch and after twenty five episodes, or did you have to do a couple movies first? Uh, so no, I did Good Witch first. Uh, that was my first thing with Hallmark. Um, and yeah, I auditioned for that. It's funny, you know, sometimes, uh, audition processes are really drawn out and sometimes they can be really quick. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't make sense why they are short or long. I just did one audition for Good Witch and, uh, and I remember the director who was Craig Price, who directed a lot of the Good Witch. I just remember him saying in the audition, Okay, take that uh, you know, take that scene again and just do it uh, just a little bit more emotional. <laughs> and that's a real broad term, you know what I mean? Yeah. Emotional. Wait, what does that mean exactly? Quite enough. And um, yeah, and so I did the scene again, and obviously, you know, I understood his take on emotion. Uh, and, you know, I got the parts, worked with him a lot, love him. Um, Hallmark's got a you know a particular kind of it's a genre, right? You could it's fair to say that it's its own genre and it's like light family and family drama if you want, but it's light and it's um, positive. And I think I learned, I learned on set, watched the pros, the uh, Catherine Bell and Jamie Denton that I was working with, watched them doing their thing and they're so good at it. And yeah, I did, did that for a couple of years. Um, and then, uh, Ended up like because we were talking about I got a, uh, got onto Rain and so I sort of my storyline on on Good Witch kind of came to an end. I didn't I didn't exactly like leave it. I just started doing less on Good Witch. Started doing more on Rain. Did the witch and make you disappear? While, was it Did a the spell witch was it a spell? Or spell or anything <laughs> like that? It was a little, I mean, you guys, you've got to watch it. It was a little um, tinkling of wind chimes in the background. And then I, and then I just kind of realized like, oh yeah, I know what I need to do now. Go be on rain. Uh, That's, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Uh, And then I just didn't, yeah, for for a couple of years after that, I was working on on other stuff. Um, The bold type, you were on that for 30 episodes almost. I mean, come on. Yes. 
wonderful show. I love that. And but then uh, Hallmark, uh, yeah, just, you know, hadn't heard from them in a while until I got an email uh, from my from my agency asking me to send in a send in a video of myself speaking French. Yep. And I I, I think they said um, it's it's something to do with Hallmark. There was no other um, directions given, you know, and so I didn't wasn't told what to say or anything. Just a video of yourself speaking French. I speak French. I'm from, from Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. I speak, yeah, I I speak my kind of Quebecois French, uh, and I just I wasn't trying to sound like anything else. I was just like I just basically sh- shot a video saying like you know like hi I'm Dan Janot I'm from Montreal like I just but in French, um, and then a couple weeks. After that, I found out I got an offer to make this movie called, uh, well, it ended up being called Paris Wine and Romance. And what's funny is that in that movie, I play a French guy, a French right. from Paris. Yes. And I'm doing the movie in English, um, but with a Parisian accent. Doing a movie in English with a Parisian accent is very different than speaking Quebecois French. Yeah. Those are like two entirely different things. Yeah. Uh, nobody asked me if I knew how to do a Parisian accent while speaking English. I just had to figure it out. And, uh, <laughs> but you know, on the set, like nobody else spoke French. So I was kind of the expert. <laughs> well, what's what's uh, loud about that though is there are, do you ever, I, I don't know how much homework you watch and you don't have to answer that question, but sometimes they have someone speaking French or, or British or another nation they've made up for a Royal movie who is clearly just Canadian, not from Montreal, just good old fashioned Canadian that speaks English only and is doing an accent. And whereas when we watched uh, Paris Wine and Romance, there's some interesting things about the business and what they decided to do there. And I don't remember all of them because that was 600 movies ago. But uh, we <laughs> like for us down here in the, the good old USA, like you pass as French. Like we don't know the difference between the, the Quebec right. French and the, and the, and the France French. Well, I didn't sound, I didn't sound Quebec. I, <laughs> I sounded Parisian. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, but good. I'm glad, I'm glad that it worked. Uh, and I, you know, yes, being uh, from a French province, I also had my own, you know, we have our own take on French people and the Parisian accent, you know? So it was already something I could sort of do like, in a in a teasing, joking way, let's say. Uh, and now I just had to learn how to do it in a legit way and not a, not, not making fun of it. I'm trying to do it honestly, you know? Yeah. Um, did, did, but did you, I don't remember is the Royal, do you have an, an accent in the Royal nanny British? Do you have to do? Uh, yeah. British. Yeah. How was that British. in comparison? Harder, easier? Oh, easier, easier. I've done British accents now in a ton of things and it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot easier. The French uh, was something that I had to really think about, practice every line, um, you know, over and over again to make sure it sounded right to to my ears, you know. But British now, I've yeah, I've done it so much that I, you know, it's almost second nature to me now. Um, yeah. In between Paris Wine and Romance and uh, Royal Nanny, you did a few uh like hallmark adjacent movies that are like yes. similar in uh you know formula and all that stuff but not for hallmark is there yeah. any difference um on, between those sets and movies that you know are going to be created for the hallmark channel is there some is there any difference or since there's so many so much overlap with production companies and sometimes you don't even know if it's going to land on hallmark it all kind of yeah. is about the same 
Um, you know, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting question. They're pretty similar, uh, but as you say, sometimes, yeah, you make something before it's um, sold. Mm -hmm. Those are, I think they call those acquisitions. Like we're making a movie and we don't know where it's gonna get uh, aired eventually. And sometimes they do get bought by Hallmark um, or by Lifetime or whatever it might be. So um, there's not a huge difference except that I'd say, um, you know, the producers on the smaller ones can be a little bit more, might be a bit more hands-on. Um, this is the way that they see things going. Mm. Whereas the producers for Hallmark, because they're working for Hallmark, there's kind of a, a general party line. You know right. what I mean? Like this is, this is what we're trying to get across in general. So the producers, I mean, I've only, I've all, I loved all the producers I've worked with on Hallmark movies. They are to a certain extent trying to like, um, you know, do what they know the network is after. Right. Um, there might be a bit more, yeah, I don't know, personal idiosyncratic touches maybe yep. on these more, these smaller ones, but they are, they're, they're very similar in terms of short, uh, 15 day shoots. Yeah. Shooting. Exactly. 15 or 14 or 13 day shoots. Um, and yeah, some of these I've done in, well, a lot of those kind of, yeah, adjacent ones, as you say, those were all in Canada that I filmed them. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're kind of, they're, they're kind of similar, except they have lower budgets. So that comes across with in various ways on set, uh, just kind of, there's that you can you know do more on these hallmark movies there'll be more extras and there'll be more like you know beautiful costumes better crafty be more interesting locations. right yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 did you if when you were shooting the good witch since it's a hallmark television show was it like seven days for an episode versus 14 like it's about half the length of a movie is that what it was or would you guys just shoot three or four or five in a row and then go home and come back how did that work with hallmark yeah, that's a good question. That was a long time ago now that I was shooting Goodwitch, but it would be more. No, it's definitely uh, not a not a week to shoot an episode. It's longer than that. Oh wow! Because um, you know, the, yeah, the episodes are um, of Goodwitch. Those were that was an hour long show. Right. So you know, maybe forty five minutes or whatever with with yeah. ads. But um, you know, I, I'm guessing it's you know, probably two and a half weeks to shoot an episode. Usually. Wow. So about the same amount of time um, to shoot a movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> different because the hours on the show would generally be more, uh, relaxed. Mm. Um, it's like more intense on these shoots. You got to get more stuff done quickly. Um, but on a show, you've got your studio, you know, you own that or you're renting that space. You've got it for a long stretch of time. Uh, there, there's a bit more wiggle room. You can take a little bit longer, uh, to get the scenes right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes with the movies, you, you just have to, you, everyone is there and doing their best. And then at a certain point, you just have to move on to the next scene. Um, but so yeah, on the show, I, Got, I, yeah, I remember there's, I remember like on most TV shows, there's more sitting around for an actor, uh, than on these movies. There's less sitting around cause you're really just like, go, go, go. Right? That makes sense. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, you also recently have done some, uh, Star Trek, which is really, uh, awesome. Right. Uh, yeah. what is it like 
being dropped in such a world, like such a fandom. A strange new world. Uh, you might even say that. <laughs> um, like there's not many uh, worlds out there like Star Trek yeah. that have, like, have such a fandom that have been going on for, for so long now. Uh, was it, yeah. were, were, you, were you nervous going into that? Like, I don't want to goof this up. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. hundred percent. Uh, it was, yeah, I'd say it was the most nervous I'd been starting on a project in, in a really long time. Since Bruce Ever since Willis. I since found... Bruce Willis uh, improv <laughs> yeah. debacle. Yeah. 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 So, you know, so I called him up for some advice, uh, <laughs> no. but, uh, yeah, I, I think ever since I kind of found my, I don't know what found my sea legs when it comes to screen shooting, I've been decently, um, confident starting something new there's always a bit of nerves and will i get along with everybody and everything um but star trek was definitely uh a different level because yeah as you say there's nothing there's kind of nothing like it that it is uh, it, you know an intellectual property yeah. a world that has such history to it so many episodes and movies uh so many people love it so much there's such lore attached to it all and I uh, just wanted to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just very much wanted to do 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 it right, like not mess it up, not mess it up for Star Trek. I didn't want to break Star Trek, yeah. you know. Um, and and I wanted also to feel like, um, you know, like I could belong to this world, like like that I could be my character, it could be a part of this world, and it made sense. I wanted to be on, I wanted to keep being on the show. <laughs> and so I uh, just wanted to make sure I didn't mess it up. It was wild. Uh, finding out about the, that I got the part blew my mind. And then my first day of shooting, my first day of shooting was in the um, middle of the pandemic. Uh -huh. And so it was both my first day of work in um, more than a year and my first time around a lot of people in like almost as long you know so it was like nerve-wracking on a few fronts yeah. like do i remember how to act like how does this go again and uh am i gonna you know bring home an infectious disease to my family when i'm done yeah. uh and then the first literally the first scene that i did my first take i was in the turbo lift um walking onto the bridge of enterprise wow and it was crazy that turbo lift is like a uh, physical part of the set. And when the door closes, you're just in the lift. Oh. There's no, nothing else around you. So I had a moment where the doors close and I'm all alone inside <sighs> this <laughs> enterprise turbo lift. And I'm like, I'm about to step onto the bridge. Of the enterprise. <laughs> That's right. And, and what's great is that in the scene I got, I was, the character was like impressed to be there. You know what I mean? He, I didn't have to stroll on looking like I owned the place. Uh, I got to walk in and be like, whoa. I think, I think actually maybe my first line is whoa. Um, <laughs> or I, or I am. Yeah. No, not a lot of acting needed there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's just really that, that was one of those moments where I really am like, take a moment here and appreciate how wild your life is and how lucky you are and how cool it is that you get to do this. Um, yeah. It's so fantastic to get to work on that show and to get to be a part of that world. As you say, that's got su such a fandom associated with it. 
the people have been wonderful. The people I work with are so cool. The crew is amazing. The show is so good like uh, i was already a star trek fan not like a hardcore trekkie but watch next generation growing up and 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 voyager and deep space nine and you know i was a fan and i watched this what we've made now with strange new worlds and i'm like i don't know i think i need someone else to verify this but i think this holds up you know okay and uh and the the show's been super well received you know it's been like it's very well received by the fans and by critics. Uh, it's it's great. It's a fun show. It looks cool. It's got a great energy to it. And they're leaning into that whole episodic thing. So every episode is kind of a whole new story. Oh, cool. You know, uh, there's there's some through lines, but it's 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 going back to that original series thing of like you can just tune in to any one episode mm. and you can follow what's going on because they're all kind of self contained stories to it to a certain extent. And with our show, it's meant that um, they're leaning into the genre stuff. So like one episode will be like a crazy alien horror show episode, scary intense. And then the next episode is like a goofy body swap comedy, you know? (laughs) And then the next episode is like a fantasy thing where we're inside a fairy tale, you know? It's like, yeah, next, it's next super generation did that really well. They did, that was yeah, the one that I always held up as the one that I would watch. I was not a big like trekker, but I would watch that show, mm-hmm. and that was the one that I would be like they they with Data and Picard and Riker, and they could switch all these. It was great. So I got to check it out. Yeah, then. I've not watched the Star Trek show in yeah. a long time. Is there a chance there'll be more Danjanot on that show, or is that spoiling something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, yeah. I can say that. I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, we're working on season three right now. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. Dude, congrats. Absolutely. Well, we know you were in our Christmas mural, uh, but also you've got... Sense Sensibility coming out here this weekend. Mm. Pride and Prejudice. Pride it is yes. not. Ah! <laughs> is not. Nice try. Jane Austen wrote <laughs> six books. Yeah. And part of a seventh? Is that correct? Yeah. So let's yeah. let's yeah, honor I'm all of them seven. individually. It feels like we've <laughs> we've spent most of Jane Austen months on Pride and Prejudice, but yes. we're not on it anymore. No. We're on to Sense and Sensibility. Are, are we going to hear... And this is the only one of the four Jane Austen uh, movies for February that, from my understanding, is just a just the the, the, the title. Straight yes, adaptation. Straight up. Straight yep. up. Um, mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Like, this is, I'm sure, unlike any... Hallmark project you've ever done. It's a it's it's yeah. a period piece. It's uh we're gonna a hear book Danjanot, out of, British accent. Yeah, what are we what are we getting into oh, yeah. here? Yeah, it is. It's unlike it's unlike anything I think Hallmark has done at all. Um because it's a uh a straight adaptation of a you know a hugely well known and beloved uh book. And there's no gimmick to it, you know? It's not about, like, a person from the future going into um, Jane Austen's world, or it's not about the storyline of a Jane Austen novel happening to someone in contemporary times. It's uh, it's really just the story as it is. And um, I was... Uh, 
I couldn't believe it actually. Uh, I had, I needed to be, before I started the movie, when, when I found out, you know, that they wanted to do this, they wanted me to be a part of it. I had to kind of confirm several times. So it's just, it's an actual straight adaptation. Like I'm, I'm not like some bro from small town, you know, America slash Canada who has fallen into uh, somebody's Jane Austen fever dream. No, I'm, I'm really like uh, actually just playing Edward Ferris, uh, a love interest of one of the characters in you know, the real Jane Austen story. The bit is and there's no bit. It's, it's crazy. A, it's an 83 <laughs> yeah. minute version of sense and sensibility. That's terrifying, right? Yeah. An hour, <laughs> an hour and 23 minutes for that book and that movie. You mean because there's so much yeah. in the book? It's, it's so, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to narrow it down to 83 minutes. I mean, as an actor, yes. you got to like make the most of every second of that, right? Not terrifying yes, for me to absolutely. watch. Don't hear it. Wait a minute. That's not what I was saying. I got some <laughs> like terrifying to spend 83 no, minutes. No, 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 no. Yeah, We've already watched adapt, some of those. Sure. That's not what I'm worried about here. That I, it's 83 minutes is not a lot of time for the subject matter. No, no. And that's absolutely. And that's kind of one of the unfortunate trade-offs of, I guess, any movie adaptation of a book. You're never going to have the time to um, develop everything, every plot line and every character. So, you're right. As an actor, all you can do is just kind of try to infuse as much of the story as you can into the small moments you have on screen. Um, you know, I think that uh, our uh, the writer of the adaptation and our director and our editor have done a very nice job of condensing it. It's for sure for anyone who knows the novel, of course, there are things that are either glossed over or just kind of cut, you know, just aren't in there. But really, the, the meat of it, all the main characters and their main dilemmas, it's all there. And, and it's lovely. I actually just watched it last night. Uh, and I think it turned out beautifully. And one of the amazing things about it is that um, Hallmark was really invested in making it as, you know, as accurate to the time as possible when it comes to the costumes, when it comes to the uh, decor um, so it looks gorgeous. The costumes are amazing. Our sets, our locations were beautiful. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really, it's kind of a, it's, it's hallmark, hallmarkified in a way, because, you know, we're still, we're trying to make a story that's uplifting, you know, like a, a, hall, a good hallmark movie should be. And the real novel is more complex than that. It's, you know, the, yeah, people get married at the end of it, but there's, I think, a bit more, um, you know, was this the right thing for everyone? Did everyone do the right thing? But, you know, our version is a bit more, like, yes, yes. Of it's course. happy ending, We're, you know? Um, and uh, I think it's, I think audiences just are in for a treat. Hallmark fans are in for a treat because, to me, it feels like something that's very much in the world of Hallmark, but it's, um, you know, a step in an interesting direction. And really, Jane Austen is, not to oversimplify everything that she accomplished, but in a way, our ideas about romantic comedies kind of stem from the, the comedy of manners that she was writing back then, you know, and how she put women at the forefront of her stories. Um, you know, when she wrote Sense and Sensibility, uh, it was her first novel and it wasn't even, um, 
uh, she had to write it anonymously when it was published. Mm. It was uh, Sense and Sensibility by a lady. That's how <laughs> it was written. And that blows my mind. Yeah. And then eventually in her life, I think she gained enough recognition to kind of uh, out herself as an author. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, yeah, it kind of all, in a way, like Hallmark sort of stretches back to to Austin, right? So I think it's amazing that they're, um, they're, they're, they're going for yeah. that now. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Now, yeah. knowing that you're going into this and you're going to do uh, a British accent, do you do you just go? I did it in the nanny movie. I'm good to go. Or do you <laughs> go into this and go? I want to create the perfect the, I wanna, early 19th yeah, century. Like how much work did you put you know, into status of British? You know that like there's a certain British yeah, yeah. status of of Austin movies where that is important. Is it is that crossing your yeah. mind? Oh yeah, absolutely. I know. Uh, I know for sure. I can't just do exactly the same accent and delivery that I've done for contemporary movies. In, in a way, doing a kind of you know Regency era or whatever Edwardian era aristocratic kind of character is almost easier to do the accent because it's a bit more of that you know high um, <laughs> you know that snooty kind of well-spoken character um i did prepare for it by one of the things i was doing i was reading the novel i was also listening to an audiobook version an audiobook adaptation of the uh, novel and i watched i rewatched the 1995 emma thompson version of course version yeah and so listening to the audiobook and watching that movie helped get me into the the cadence and the the way of speaking um and it's a kind of it's kind of a real pleasure for me actually to speak that way in that accent um and yeah i would uh you know run my lines and just remember to make myself more reserved you know and not just from the time period but also my character is pretty reserved and so, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun to think about how, how would this guy speak back then? And then once we were all together, of course, as the whole cast together and running our lines, we kind of, you know, you, you want to match each other. You, you want to elevate each other and uh, be all kind of sounding like we're from the same world. So that helped too, to actually be with everybody, you know? Well, we're looking forward but to yeah, hearing it's it. Great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Looking forward to hearing it. Sounds like he's uh, a man of many, many talents, many yeah. accents. I'm excited to see This what Saturday, since his ability. Um, and he was so kind because he said he'd love to do the entire rapid fire round with that accent. He's, he's going to do the entire oh my God. Said, and it was rapid super, fire round it was with super the accent. kind of him. That's so, unbelievable. He sent us that. Yeah. He texted us in yeah, a group text. It was text his idea. And was like, guys, I have this idea. Sound might have sound might have cut out when oh, I said that, but it's true. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I will absolutely engage in your frivolities with the, the appropriate action. Thank you. you. This so is wish. so exciting. Um, my first question is really going to hit home for the people listening to the podcast. There's a clock behind you um, that is doing the thing where it kind of goes it like clocks. this. <laughs> it hasn't moved. The, the actual hands themselves. What's up with that? Are you saying that? Uh, are you saying that throughout our interview, you've been watching the clock? I, I like so a child bored by women. No, 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 no. Brandon hates women um, and is bored by our guests. <laughs> I am not bored of Dan Janet at all. What I'm saying. No, don't, don't do that to my name. Please. What What I'm the saying. The GNOT family is going to be so upset yeah. at you. But what I'm saying is, I noticed it at first, and I was like, "Oh, the time's wrong." 
And then I noticed yeah. at the time maintained its wrong spot for the duration of the interview, despite the ticking of the clock. Yeah. So you want an answer for that? It's uh, it's art. Oh, <laughs> I love it. It's a great answer. I love that. That's the easy rapid fire. I hadn't noticed. I hadn't noticed that that clock is not telling the right time until you. It's a beautiful piece. Wow, but it's still clocking somehow. (laughs) It's a beautiful Um, piece. Dan, uh, (laughs) you mentioned Ace Ventura. Uh, Jim Carrey is a fellow Canadian. (laughs) I want to know your favorite Jim Carrey movie of all time. Oh my God! I mean. Eternal Sunshine of the So good. Mind. It's so yeah. freaking good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Tr- yeah. Truman Show and, and Eternal Sunshine. Truman. Oh my goodness. Yes. <sighs> Truman Show too. Yeah, that one is up there. That was his peak. Those were like right around the same time, right? Yep. Yeah. Like everybody who yeah. watches the Truman Show has a moment after watching it where they go, Is it? Is that me? Am I? That's right. It? <laughs> it's just a little a second. It's just a little second where you're like, ah. that, that movie is also timeless. Like yeah, you sh- so I used good. to teach a film class in high school and high school kids would literally be like, they would watch that movie by the end of it. They're just on the edge of their seats. Like it is still oh, the yeah. 1990s. Yeah. It is unbelievable. That was one of the movies where back when I had cable, uh, if it was ever on, I would oh, watch it. Peter Weir directing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Ed Harris oh. is freaking crushing it. It was like always on TBS yeah. somehow. I don't know how it happened. It was just always on. So um, Anyway, um, with uh, Sweeter Than Chocolate, there's chocolate in that uh, movie. Uh, Do you have a a go-to type of chocolate? I'm a milk chocolate boy. I know people like the dark. I know people like the sea salt. Some people get weird with, like, orange and stuff. Do you have a go-to chocolate? Um, You know, peanut butter and chocolate, like Reese's Pieces. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, that's that's the go-to. We love a good Reese's. We love a good I'm Reese's. trying to be healthier these days. And Stop I'm like, it! I gotta get myself Stop it! You cannot. You can't talk to the two of us and say say that out loud. That's insulting to both of us. So I just don't want to. <laughs> we hear can it. all do it. We can all do it if we try. Yeah, we'll okay? all do it together. Of course, we all have the same amount to go. So we get um, the Reese's dark chocolate. We get Reese's dark chocolate Got cups. Do they make that? I, they it, down here in the South, Dan. <laughs> We got <laughs> don't Reese's. put it past us. We got Reese's with pretzels, <laughs> Reese's with potato chips, Reese's with Reese's pieces inside of them. We got everything you could possibly imagine. Reese's dark chocolate. It's ready to yes, go we with just Reese's Googled dark it. chocolate cups. Yeah, yeah, easy. In okay. Canada as well. Great. It's organic. organic. Oh, it's organic. nothing to do with Canada. Nothing to Thank do with you, Canada. Producer Aaron and no. Brand for Canada. Uh, Dan, the bet. Are you in Montreal or are you in Toronto right now? Where are you? Montreal. Montreal. All right. The best meal that in your neck of the woods in Montreal that I, I probably couldn't find down here in South Carolina where I am. Um, okay. You want to go to, Oh, the best meal or the best restaurant? Either way, restaurant or meal you pick. I've never been to Montreal. I'm going to say, I'm going to say best, best restaurant. Okay. Okay. Um, pied de cochon. Okay. Uh, which means pig's foot. Uh, it is an incredible restaurant in Montreal that makes um, kind of, I guess you'd call it comfort food, but like really rich, incredibly well done. It's a place that you usually need like, you know, a reservation to get into. But if you're ever in Montreal, just walk past it because I've gotten in before just by walking by and being like, hey, do you have any tables? And they're like, sure, we can get you in right here. It's uh, incredibly good. Au pied, de, au pied de cochon or just pied de cochon? Pied de cochon. Um, pig's foot. Uh, uh, it's the best. I love it, man. 
Um, yeah. Have you ever had a, a paranormal experience? It could be a UFO sighting. It could be a ghost. It could be seeing a Bigfoot or a Pigfoot. Uh, any of those. And if so, would you be willing to share that experience with us? Oh, man. I, you know, I wish I had. I wish I had. I have not had anything that I would consider a supernatural experience. And I feel like I'm, uh, like, missing out, you know? Like, when people talk to me about their times where they, like, felt an energy in a room or, you know, whatever, uh, I'm like, that sounds scary, but also I'm jealous. I feel like this has yeah. been pretty <laughs> special though. This has been special. <laughs> Paranormal though. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the clock part. I mean, I, I don't know. I have felt I don't an energy. see you guys. You're just kind of voices in my head right yeah. now. So, <laughs> well, it's just, it's just, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Dan, I feel like the world's been missing out on you in a comedy. I, I don't see a lot of that on the filmography. And so uh, it's just less of a question and more just me. If you, it's something you want to do, I can't imagine you did improv for years that you wouldn't want to be a part of a comedy. Like, can you just yeah. pitch me? Like, pitch me on a comedy you'd like to be a part of or why someone should hire you. Because sometimes you get typecast as the Assassin's Creed Hallmark guy. <laughs> and and you, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? uh, you, and so yes. just pitch me on... Dan Janot, comedy lead or comedy sidekick in a movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely do want to do comedies. It's, uh, and so what I want to pitch is a kind of like, um, kind of uh, if I play, how about I play like a secret agent yeah. kind of character uh -huh. yeah. who, who is, um, you know, on the surface, maybe, uh, you know, they make me look good, right? I got like good hair and like cool Unlike suits now stuff. where you look like just trash, Dan. <laughs> Okay. Um, just imagine, okay, like if uh, that I'm, I'm, I've got a team of stylists working yeah, on me. around the so clock. I look yeah. the part. Yep. You know, I look the part of a of a of a you know James Bond kind of character, but actually am like like just crippled with self doubt, oh, and, and like am really like um, cowardly or just don't think I can do it. I love it, and I need like my sidekick uh you know i picture the person who's like in my ear like at uh, mission control yeah, you know yeah. who's like they've got to be my like hype person and my like therapist and my counselor oh, man. and like they tell me what to say in these situations because i'm actually kind of an idiot you know it's like uh, a james bond the, cyrano de bergiac situation <laughs> <laughs> i love that fantastic. that's a yeah, that's a yeah, great that's, pitch if you're listening or Maybe if we're listening, we should write that movie. I love that. That's a great idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. And I love, I, I love it. Yeah. And I love, I just like the idea of, because like you say, you know, maybe sometimes you do get typecast and like, I've been very lucky that I've been typecast some, to some extent as like, I don't know, like a love interest or whatever. Uh, that's, I'm so blessed. So lucky. Um, and so, but I find it funny to take, take a, a kind of look, take an idea that people might have about who you are and, and subvert it, you know, like maybe he looks cool, but actually he's a goof. He's an idiot. He's no good at what he's doing. You know, uh, that's what I, if only, I want to do that kind of If call. only there was a publicist for Hallmark on the line that could help make that happen. Taylor, look at it. <laughs> yeah, if only um, there was a we, we did it, everybody. Congratulations to us. Go ahead, Dan. Charity. Uh, yeah. every, week, every time we have somebody on, we try to bring a little joy. That's what we do here at Deck the Hallmark. Dan, uh, a charity of your choice. We'd love to contribute and, and encourage others to contribute as well. What do you got for us? 
I love that. That's so fantastic. I would uh, love it if you guys would make a donation to the MS Society of Canada, the Multiple Sclerosis Society of Canada. They do great work uh, at, um, you know, research into this uh, this disease that affects a lot of people, a lot of people that I know, actually. Uh, so uh, MS Society of Canada, that'd be wonderful. Fantastic. Would love to make Thank a you, donation Dan. and would encourage you to do the same. Absolutely. Sense and Sensibility this Saturday, Hallmark Channel. Check it out and come into a comedy theater near you soon dan as well dan uh thank you that was weird and uh until next time maybe the first to wish you a merry christmas deck the hallmarks of bramble jam podcast is produced by aaron shea for more information on deck the hallmark you can go to deck for more information on the deck the hallmark family you can go to bramble jam plus.com deck the hallmark is presented by philo tv for a free trial of philo go to philo.tv slash dth You're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here in the old studio. Thanks for listening or don't listen. It's really up to you at this point. It's at the end of the show. I mean, you're listening to me. Hi. But here they come. I promise they're coming. Yep. Here they are. Happy day.